You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Cody Jones, and I am joined today by Ryan Graham. How are you doing today, Ryan? Doing well. How are you? Awesome. Awesome. Glad to be talking to you. Glad to see somebody fighting the good fight. Uh, Ryan, you're going to talk with us a little bit today about ballot access issues, specifically to Georgia, but I think Georgia is a nice microcosm of uh, that will brings up other issues that maybe people will come across because you guys pretty much have all the issues. So, <laughs> so, yep. so that might help iron things out a little bit. So, it let's just let me have you present the problem as it is. Uh, yes, as, as I understand, it's not even just libertarians; it's all third party. It's all third parties. We're not even called parties in Georgia. We're actually called political bodies. Uh, they don't even want to call us a party. Um, so basically a political body is any political organization that is not a political party. Um, <clears throat> but the, the weird thing about Georgia is, and this gets confused on the national level and it gets frustrating for us because we have a tiered system. Okay. And so what that means is there are different requirements for statewide ballot access versus districted, anything that is more local. Um, and so what frustrated me to all get out was for the last few years, LP national posted that, that map that it's like, we have ballot access in this many States. And we were always Facebook live. Now they say presidential ballot access, which is more, uh, accurate, but we have what some have considered the worst ballot access laws in the country. Um, and by most, I mean, uh, independent voter network has said it, ballot access news has said it. We're always in the top, you know, five, 10 States as far as bad ballot access laws. And I'm like, well, how do we have ballot access if we have the worst laws? Uh, We don't. So the reason the confusion comes in because we have uh, for statewide office, each office, you'd have to collect 1% of all registered active voters in Georgia for petitions. So you'd have to get signatures uh, for for 1% of them. So for a statewide office, that is, uh, we have about 7 million uh, registered voters considering considered active we have an automatic voter registration um system so that was going to be my next question how do they consider what active is yeah well so you have to it's like every so often uh it's every couple years if you haven't voted in a couple years and they mark you as inactive and then a couple years after that they actually just take you off the rolls we're actually getting in a lot of trouble for that the previous secretary of state who's now our governor um has gotten to a lot of trouble for purging millions of people off the rolls apparently um, but he's just following state law. So it's, it's not really that big a deal, uh, as big of a deal as people make it. <laughs> uh, the worst Sounds thing like is, a big deal. <laughs> so, so the worst thing is, is like, so two decades ago, we had about like three and a half million uh, active registered voters. So that's like 35,000 signatures. That's And that's when we got our ballot access. We got a public service commissioner on the ballot. And then um, basically to keep statewide access, a statewide candidate has to get a number of votes equal to 1% of those active registered voters. So not 1% of the people who vote, but okay. 1% of registered voters. And we typically will get that because we'll get like two to 3% at least. Um, a lot of public service commission, stuff like that, that people don't pay attention to as much. You'll have somebody who runs um, unopposed. Okay. So we've, we've gotten like 33% of the vote in statewide elections because of that. Cause it's just like us versus a Republican, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have. I think we have more million vote getters than any other state, uh, with like three or four. So, um, so that actually turned yeah. remarkably positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So statewide is great, right? We got one person on the ballot, and we can maintain. 
Now, no other political body has statewide access. So the Green Party, uh, they're pretty organized. Well, they're sort of organized in our state. Um, uh, eh. um, they're sort of organized. They're a little rough around the edges. But they I don't even know that they try to petition, right? And the Constitution Party, they do a lot of advocacy, but then I don't think they try to petition either. Um, those are the only two parties that I know of that are any kind of active, and they've not attempted to even do it. Um, and like I said, we got in kind of in a weird situation. We, we got in in the 90s during a special election and then just maintained it. Mm-hmm. But basically, uh, and that includes president. So it's president, senate, and then you know governor, uh, lieutenant governor, and, and, and those types of offices. We have ballot access for all of those offices. Now, the, the catch is, is, you know, as libertarians, we get a lot of we always get a lot of flack for, for running a president and talking about our presidential candidate. And people say, you know, why aren't you starting at the bottom? Right. Why are you just run a presidential candidate and expect to win? And, and you know, whatever. And so in Georgia, we try to run uh, down ballot. But for a U.S. House, anything non statewide requires five percent of registered active voters to uh, uh, petition. Uh, that's the, how many signatures we have to have on our petition. And so 5%, 5%. So they moved 1% to 5% because it's a smaller area, I guess. I don't I mean, it's, it's pretty bogus. I was like, that's not the way percentages work though. You're supposed to, <laughs> you know, if you get 1% over a big area, it should also be 1% over all the little small areas. Right. So you would think, I mean, I, the thing is, is none of this makes any sense. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> So uh, why isn't it just blank and I can write in a name? Right. right. And and so the weird thing about ours, too, is it's per candidate. It's not like we can go out and get five percent of the registered active voters signatures and then everyone has ballot access. It's like per candidate. So Hmm. for U.S. House, it's actually it's about 20,000 signatures. Uh, and it has been 20,000 signatures. It's been that since the 1940s when they put the law in place. And the reason they put this 5% law in place was to stop communists from getting on the ballot. <laughs> oh, man, that sucks. I want to punish the commies. I don't need to, I don't want to get lumped in with them. No, I mean, I, I'm quoted now in uh, one of our local radio stations. I was like, you know, don't vote for commies, but like they should be able to come out and be on the ballot. There's there's actually a pretty good argument to be said that because they're not allowed on the ballot, that's how they're getting into the Democratic Party and how they're shifting the Democratic Party's focus. And there's there's kind of doing it stealthily. Right. I'd rather know where these people are. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, the Democratic Socialists of America, they released, in fact, even in their uh uh, I don't know, manifesto or whatever they call it. Uh, it's not their bylaws, but you know, in their in their public statement to say who we are, they even talk about, hey, so we register as Democrats right now because yeah. we like we as a socialist party just aren't going to work. It's just too hard, and uh, and and that's really part of the problem. And that's one of the things that kept me in the Republican Party for longer than I should have, is because I said, well, these are freebies. You know, we have uh, our our petitions or our signatures that we need are automatic. We have have like a mailing list and we're just like hey sign up and we have more than we need and it, it's never a fight whereas i find that and you're talking about getting signatures and and petitions to get on the ballot to even get on the ballot i presume just because i've been in many campaigns myself and worked at, worked in a few and tried to get them done that they challenge those too so even if you do manage to get your one percent five percent whatever it is threshold you got to go before a judge you got to defend each and every signature single one of those signatures and there's 
hundreds of thousands of them and they say well i see you got their id but they're at this address in this on this driver's license and they're no longer at that address and it's like yeah but they're they're still in the state oh my gosh like that you're gonna throw out these signatures because because of that they're still a verified voter (laughs) yep and and the the thing is is they throw out so much i you know i thought we had to have like a nice 40 percent buffer but we tried to run a couple of state house candidates Mm mm-hmm they typically only require 2,000. We found a district that only required about 1,200. So we collected 1,600 signatures for him. We thought that was good. We had a you know a nice nice padding there, nice 400 signature padding. Right. And uh, they they only said we had 900 valid signatures. And yeah. I mean you can't fight it. Um, so yep. so right now we we have a lawsuit uh, pending for U.S. House only. It's in federal courts, but it's for U.S. House. Saying it's unconstitutional, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, you know, twenty thousand signatures is an undue burden on on any candidate. Only one person has ever done it, and since they put the law in place in the nineteen forties, yeah. and um, they did it in a special election when uh, before the law actually required that they be valid. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't validate them; they just were like, "Okay, you got your signatures, you're good." It's actually Cynthia McKinney's father. Um, oh, so okay. some libertarians know who Cynthia McKinney is yeah. now. Uh, so. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, so that's how he got on the ballot as an independent, but he's the only one that's ever done it. Um, and so I think we have a pretty strong case that says, you know, it's an undue burden if nobody has ever done it. And it's not for lack of trying. People try every single year. So Right. Well, and especially because, like you said, when you're actually on the ballot, you traditionally pull in even better than the petitions that you get of the people who said they'd vote for you yeah. because those you have to hunt down when you're already on the ballot, it's a gimme, you know, you're just going to say, Oh, after that, our message can finally speak. That was yeah. one of the big things that got me. I, I, this last round of campaigns, I just told myself it's the last time I'm going to do it because I just, I, I grew exhausted. I'm also committed obviously to the media at this point. Yeah. Uh, you're <laughs> reaching more people now than you ever did door to door anyway. So, right. Well, and, <laughs> and, and I just was, I, I mean, it was true exhaustion. I have the work ethic. I have a lot of work ethic, but at yeah. some point you just say, man, I really thought I was going to be talking about ideas. And at this point, I'm trying to say, I'm trying to like ask people for documents that they can show that they're the same person that lived at this old address that still lives at this new address for each and every individual signature and it was just it's just too much you know and and what you said about the judges i think is is you can't challenge it ultimately you can appeal to them yeah but if they say no i feel this way or i feel one way it's over there's no challenging it they're saying you know i can bring in all the proof in the world and even if i do to say that this voter might have changed addresses but they're still in the same district they vote here i can bring bring in all the proof of the world and if that judge says uh mm, maybe not then it's over you know it, it, the burden well, is completely on them we actually deposed the um, the person in the Secretary of State's office who is in charge of maintaining all the voter rolls, mm-hmm. and they basically have said now under oath that um, it's essentially impossible for us to validate our own signatures because we don't have ac- all we have access to is the voter file that they send us, which is a two dimensional representation of the data. So they have the three dimensional, you know, through time, and they're able to actually validate it. So we could validate it if we actually went into the Secretary's state of Secretary of State's office and manually checked each one. But like, you know, nobody's going to do that, right? So right. Um, the other big, the other big point, like you were saying, is you're, you know, you're going door to door and you're asking them for all this information that's not related to campaigning. Whereas your opponents, the Democrats and Republicans, are already on the ballot. They're, they're campaigning. They're off to the races. They're talking about ideas with these people. We're talking about technical stuff. 
you know, they're, they're like, well, what are your ideas on so-and-so? And you don't really want to answer them necessarily because you don't want to scare them away from the signature. Right. And so I tell people when I was going door to door, I'd be like, well, I'm not campaigning right now. I don't really want to talk about that kind of stuff. I just need to get your signature to get my person on the ballot and that's it. And a lot of people would do it, you know, yeah. but there were people that are like, I disagree with you and I don't, you know, and I, I don't want you on the ballot. There were also people who were confused that they thought maybe this was a vote. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they were like, why? Are, I, they thought maybe they were showing some kind of support. They thought they were getting added to a mailing list. Yep. Um, they have to put in a bunch of information and, you know, there were some neighborhoods that I'm obviously a stranger in and people were like, who are you and why do you want all this information? This doesn't, you know, nobody knows about this issue except for people that are living it. So, yeah, it, it's, <laughs> and that's, that's really it. it it's very, I, I mean, we're libertarians. Anybody who's liberty loving is already questioning giving any information to any political entity at all. And so, oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. the very type of people that we want to show up to these polls are, are you know, are the very type, are the very people that would be like, I'm sorry, why, why am I doing this now? Why do I have to give this to you? I don't really want to give anybody my name. I don't really want to yeah. give it, tell, tell anybody my address. I definitely don't want to submit any documents or let you see my ID. You know, yeah. I mean, this is, it's, it's like asking me, like, like, hey, do you want the libertarians on the ballot? And they'd be like, am I being detained? You know, yeah. that whole thing. Well, you have to, so you have to get their print name, their mm-hmm. signature, their address, which of course you already know if you're going door to door, and their date of birth. And I feel like there's one other piece of information that they request, but it's all this identifying information yeah. for, for people, you know? There were some people where I was like, I had to lift up the Secretary of State's information and be like, eh, I, I mean, I already have all this info on you. I just need you to write it down. They're like, that's really creepy. I'm like, I. I guess it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it is, and, it, and and it's sickening because here you are. You have to go door, door to door and do the uncomfortable thing. Yeah. When I w- back in my day, and I I was an ex Tea Party Republican, but when I was doing the Republican thing, man, we never visited anybody for this. Like it yeah. was just the judges, like, oh yeah, I'm sure. You know, we even if we collected nothing, they'd be like, well, yeah, you're Republican. Everybody wants you on the ballot. You know, so that's. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Like, why would I even bother to challenge it? You know, so so we just, this is a whole step that puts a burden on a minority voice or a minority party. As I think you even prove, it's not even so much of a minority voice because you actually outperform what you said you would bring in yeah. in the polls, which really, I mean, it's it's baloney. This whole situation's baloney. That's why you're on the show, right? Like, yes. but honestly, even if it wasn't baloney, the whole point is to make it so that like not the the crazies don't show up on the ballot right so that you just say oh we don't have all these little parties showing up and everybody can you know i'm the party of this and i wrote it on a piece of paper and submitted it and now that doesn't happen so that that's like a let's let's cross that bridge when we get there is is kind of my is how i fight back on that it's like and and if if you think they're crazy don't vote for them it's not hard who cares if they crowd the ballot i mean we got Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. You're telling me you're worried about crazies all of a sudden? Come on. Yeah, exactly. Come on, please. You know, well, and, and in the in the 40s when they put the well in the 30s before they put the law in place, the communists actually put their name on the ballot. Uh, I think it was four or five times before they finally just said no, and then they created the law after they said no to kind of justify it. So Right, but it's yeah, but like you said, it's not like people were voting in commies before that. It just isn't no, yeah. happening. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, so like really, this is just—it's a wasted time. I think especially it's a spe- it is especially virulent against libertarians. Yeah. Because 
we are the only ones with any opportunity of even making a challenge, right? Yep. So I think it's funny that sometimes they'll just be like, oh, yeah, the, the Green Party went. I don't care. You know, we had this problem in New York with Larry Sharp. They just they did not care that that the workers and families party associated was getting in. They never challenged them. They didn't challenge the Green Party. They had a huge problem with Larry Sharp. Because the more time that Larry spends talking about trying to get on the ballot at all is the less time he has talking with people. Yep. And him talking with people severely destroyed what Andrew Cuomo was trying to do in New York. And so that was, and that's not even Georgia, right? That was just, that was New York, which is much less, I don't know, draconian or insane than than georgia we have the fusion voting right or, or yeah yeah correct like uh yeah like you can list yourself as both democrat and working party so long as yeah. you get like an endorsement from them so you'd be like yeah. the working families and democratic candidate and it's like oh okay well maybe i'll cre- and, and that and they don't even have to verify much of the party status so at that no. point i could have yeah. been like the jesus lovers endorse you know party endorse layer sharp that's what we should have done really is created a a whole other party in order to prop up this other party that we really want you to vote for here well so so the problem in georgia is kind of twofold too is like we can't get on the ballot but also it in 60 percent of general assembly races which is what we call our state legislature Mm there's, they run unopposed in the general. So like literally people don't even have a choice at all. And that represents 80% of all voters too. So it, because of how population centers are. So when you actually work it out, 80% of Georgia doesn't have a, another choice, but then they also won't let us on the ballot because we might crowd it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Because more than two names and people just get freaked More than out one and it apparently it freaks people out. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, even more than one in the primary. It's like, yeah. yeah, all we need is one person to check this box, and this is your new leader, everybody. Um, so let's, uh, you know, we're we're in the back half now. Yep. What, let's talk about some solutions. What what are you doing? What needs to be done? What are some things that we could do? Even if we can't help Georgia, maybe in our own states, if we experience similar <laughs> issues. I think a lot of times when we identify these problems. Yeah. It's like we talk about it like cancer. And at some point you kind of have to say, well, where is the cancer? How do we cut it out? What am I really arguing against? Even if we're not successful, it helps to be fighting on the right front. You right. know, because sometimes you're 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 petitioning uh somebody and it's like, well, that's actually not you're not even petitioning the right office, right? Like uh, uh it happens federally all the time. People will protest at the uh uh, the department of the treasury. And it's like, well, you actually should be down at the mint right now. That's the, you got the wrong guys that are dealing with the wrong legislation there. So, sorry, that's a very wordy way to ask a question, but I think you get where I'm going. Where do you, wherever you want to take it is fine. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the libertarian party of Georgia is kind of attacking it in three different ways. And the first two, you know, listeners in Georgia can help out. And, and the first way is just getting volunteers to overcome it. Right. I mean, the, 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 Best way to do it, the part that that is most likely to happen is we're just going to get enough signatures and we're finally going to get somebody on the ballot and eventually we'll get somebody into office who can change it. That's the hard road. Um, The the second route is uh, to change the law. So we actually did get a Democrat to sponsor a bill this year. um, called It's HB 191 and it would change the ballot access laws to um, to be it, it would 
all those percentages, instead of active registered voters, it would be for people who voted in the last election for that office, which is, you know, when there's 60% turnout, it's, it's a lot better. It looks a lot better for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also caps the number of signatures needed at 200. So there's not a whole lot of races that wouldn't be 200 signatures, which is totally doable. Um, I, my preference is, of course, zero. Or, or make the Republicans and Democrats do it too. Either one. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> make them jump through their own hoops, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, if we got to prove it, you got to prove it too. So um, th- those are the two ways. So the way that you can help with the HB 191 is to contact your state legislator. Okay. Uh, it is stuck in a committee right now, the Committee for Governmental Affairs. It is chaired by uh, Chairman Ed Reinders. He's all but told us uh, that he is not going to give it a hearing. The, the bill is still good for one more year. So the next session, we, we do our sessions at the beginning of the year. Uh, so we'll have one more session where this bill is good, and then we'll have to find more sponsors for the following sessions. Um, but it's out there, and, and we've got three Democrats and three Republicans that sponsor it. So reach out to your legislator and ask them. Um, and then the third way, anyone can help. We're, we're actually, um, we've got a lawsuit, as I mentioned, uh, in federal court for U.S. House specifically. But... Um, we found a lawyer who was willing to do it without any uh, lawyer fees, any of his own fees for us. But we are incurring all of our uh, out-of-pocket expenses. And so that is typically, really, if you look at the invoice, it, all it is is, um, sorry, hang on. Uh, really, if you look at the, <laughs> stuff just pops up. You're good. <laughs> uh, if you look at the invoice, it's, it's copies of depositions, which is really frustrating. So apparently there's this legal requirement that you buy copies, paper copies of depositions. Yeah. Uh, and so what we think is happening is that the secretary of state is essentially sitting us in a room for six hours, seven hours at a time. They, they stop for break and stuff. But, um, but then you got to buy the paper copy of all of that. And what that ends up costing is anywhere between $600 and about $1,200. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we've estimated expenses um, at about ten thousand uh, dollars. That is going to be out of pocket expenses that we are going to have to pay. Um, but our goal is fifteen thousand dollars to you know account for overhead and some other stuff. So uh, we've raised about ten grand already uh, in the last two or three weeks, which has been awesome. We That's just amazing. Outpouring of support for this. Yeah, I know, right? It's been yeah. awesome. Um, most of it came in like the first week. It's, it's, it's been steadily slowing down, which is, you know, I think how you would expect it to do, but yeah. uh, I, I didn't expect to have this kind of success right out of the gate. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I've, I've been really happy. Um, I, I've, I've gotten frustrated with libertarians cause it's, it is sort of like pulling teeth sometimes, but I guess it is really just finding the right motivation and people are like, you're taking action and, um, but you can go to lpgeorgia.com, which is L-P-G-E-O-R-G-I-A spelled out.com. And at the very top, there's a button that says contribute, um, and it's got like a thermometer and some information about this. So um, if anyone wants to give, please, um, it's for a good cause, and we're using it for ballot access in Georgia. Pretty simple, lpgeorgia.com. That's a great – well, I tell you what, we we like to do uh, final final thoughts on it. I know for my final thoughts – now, you've dealt with so many of the specifics. I just think in general, this should be a wake-up call to anybody that thinks like, why don't don't libertarians just – do better or improve their message or speak better. There are very real tangential obstacles in this government, in these politics that interfere with those voices being heard. And it's one thing to be censored by Facebook, which is a heavy, heavily subsidized uh, uh, public or I guess private utility that it, that is subsidized by the public often. 
And and we have little issues with that. This is a very tangential real issue that they have that they use and abuse. I've had episodes like this before where when we achieve our threshold, a great example is uh, the debate threshold. They'll say you need to pull this amount in a national poll and we'll pull that and it'll be in a national poll and then they'll just increase it and there's nothing to stop them. We have no recourse there. They just say, oh, we said you needed to poll at 18% and you hit 18% to debate. We're going to make it 21% now. And they just, they just keep constantly pushing it at, pushing us down and making the guidelines so that we just can't make it. And here's the problem is it's a catch 22. If they keep us off the ballots, we don't get to show how good we are. And if they don't know how good we are, people don't care that we're not on the ballots to begin with. And so it's just this cycle of down and down and down. And really this is just for me in in, in, this whole situation is just the embodiment of how, corrupt it is because i think if like it's one of those things when you get a ticket for wearing your seatbelt for not wearing your seatbelt by a police officer who's on a motorcycle right you just say if this were about safety they would be one thing but obviously this isn't about safety anymore this isn't about making sure the crazies don't show up on the ballot like you said we should cross that bridge when we come to it anymore <laughs> this has been systemically abused to keep libertarians off of the ballot this is not so that oh the american cho- voters don't have to read through a bunch of names that they have no interest in this is this is suppression this is oppression this is what it looks like Ryan's on the front lines on this. I simply give him a, a platform, but you should absolutely look lpgeorgia.com. Check it out. See if you can help him out. Ryan, you get the last words. How, how are you feeling? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, so that's, the system is set up in such a way that it, it makes us run for offices that we have a really low probability of, of winning. And that's not what we want to do. We want to be able to build up the expertise in our party. We want to run for state house. We want to run for county commission and, and what I call build the bench. So that way we have people that get active and get the experience they need to then run for those statewide offices. And then we have a better opportunity. We want to do it the right way, the way that people ask us to, right? They they tell us that they want us to start at the bottom and move our way up, but there's all these barriers. So I ran for public service commission last year. I I didn't really want to, but I I knew that there was no petition requirement and I knew that I could get the message out, but I ended up with 2.67% of the, of the vote. And I had, um, and, I, and I had the highest vote count of any other libertarian in, in the in the state. So um, our our governor candidate, oh, yeah, exactly. Awesome, it's, it's, yeah. It's because nobody knows what they do. So what they do is they get down there and they're like, oh, I think libertarian might be fine here. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I I crossed the aisle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but our our gubernatorial candidate uh, Ted Metz, he got he got point nine five percent of the vote. He didn't even cross one. And so you see this disparity where people are not willing to vote against, you know, people got worried at the top of the ticket and they said, well, I'm, you know, I can't let this person win. And so I can't vote. I can't waste my vote, you know, quote unquote, waste my vote. I hate it so much, but especially in Georgia, we have a, we have a majority vote. And so you can't waste your vote at all, even theoretically. So, um, but anyway, they said they, you know, they, they're not willing to waste their vote, but they're willing to come down the ticket. And if we were running against only a Republican, you would have a lot more people who would say, okay, but you know, I definitely agree with libertarian more often, and we could be competitive in those elections. And that's what people want, right? That's what Republicans claim to want is a free market 
it's free markets and they say competition is good, but then they drive out all the competition and 60% of them run on opposed. Um, but that's, that's my last word. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you bring up the governor debate in Georgia and just because we followed it last election, if you thought the Clinton Trump thing is polarizing and it was, you should go back and see the ads that those governors were running against each other. It was Abrams uh, and Kemp. Abrams and Kemp. Kemp had the most uh, redneck appeal ad I've ever seen for like a governor. I guess I've seen so you know you always get the crazy ads with the locals that you're like, how did that yep. guy even make it on TV? Kemp is kind of one of those ads, but for governor, and then Abrams with just the complete opposite counter gorilla. Guerrilla tactics, like it was nuts. Like just the 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 volatility of those two, I think is it probably hurt uh, poor Mets a little bit because people oh, yeah. the, the other they were both shown as such demons that you say, oh no, what if my lesser demon loses that race? Yeah. And, and and I think that probably didn't help. But on top of that, all the other Georgia stuff, Ryan, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, appreciate and, you having and- me. Of course, of course. Uh, anytime, man. It's uh, you fight the good fight. I'm glad that you managed to mix in some good news. I was actually ready for this to be just gigantically depressing, but at least uh, give it, letting us know our chances, and and it feels good to at least hear somebody fighting the fight and getting uh, getting their foot in the door and and taking us in that right direction. So again, Ryan, thank you so much. Absolutely. We will uh, we'll talk to you later, viewers. Thanks again for tuning in today, and until next time, keep fueling the fires of liberty.